Welcome, everyone, to the Watchmen Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for Watchmen on HBO. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Wish we were coming to you under better circumstances, but it seems increasingly that Watchmen will only run one season at HBO. Yes, in the last week, there was what appeared to be near real-time discussion on The Hollywood Reporter and other websites where uh, the HBO brass seemed genuinely unsure, uh, first and foremost, looking ahead to the Emmys and Emmy considerations and all that, uh, is this season of Watchmen uh, to be submitted for limited series or uh, a drama series? Uh, of course, the season two order would preclude it uh, from being a limited series. And uh, the statement, you know, we will trust in Damon, and then a day or two later, Damon Lindelof saying, I will not continue with a second season of Watchmen. I, I said everything I wanted to say. Uh, I give full blessing in case HBO wants to continue. And uh, I believe within a couple of hours, HBO said, without Damon Lindelof, uh, we will not continue. Therefore, the one season, it is now a limited series. I would hate for what category they submit this wonderful season of television. Uh, maybe one that can stand alongside many, many of the other greats. A, another Lindelof-headed uh, show, an Emmy winner in uh, in the first season of Lost. The future of it would be determined by what category they could submit it for. Um, the idea that there's some kind of time frame on uh, a concept of a second season that there needs to be a uh, a plan in play now. I mean, that Lindelof couldn't wake up the morning after the Emmys and say that lightning has struck his brain and he is ready to continue the show. I mean, thanks, Big Little Lies, for ruining this for everybody a couple of years ago, okay? That show infamously submitting for the limited series and then uh, getting nominated and during the nomination uh, period before the Emmys are handed out, uh, moving forward on a second season and uh, having to backtrack that. So, I mean, again, I'm really, really glad that we got what we did I know they've opened it up towards the potential, like you just mentioned, with Lindelof saying that they have his blessing to move forward, that he said all he's he's going to say, that he could continue to say more. Um, Matt, in a little bit, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring, and uh, we'll just see what's what. I think on the one hand, anybody who enjoyed this season of Watchmen, uh, this now apparently series of Watchmen, um, was sad to hear that it would not continue. But I think that part of the major strength of this season was the fact that they were not playing for the, 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 the bounty of the next Game of Thrones, seven, no, eight seasons. No, it's going to be Mad Men. The final season will be 7A, 7B across two years. Like The fact that they so very clearly 
on the one hand left the end of the season open-ended, but also in the beginning, middle, and end structure of this season, you know, had this arc to it where there was no turning back and it really wasn't readily apparent, oh, now it's going to be the adventures in the next place or it's going to be life without the police captain who will step up or whatever is your normal dramatic trope. The fact that they really did again, with that open-ended ending, but did a self-sealing season, I think that that just speaks to the integrity of what they set out to do, which was to not create a, a, a juggernaut, but rather to create the best thing that they could in nine episodes. At the same time, though, we, and I think other people, understand the corporate pressure of this is a big hit, this is a franchise that has reawakened We'd like some more of it, if possible. The idea is not just to produce a season of television, but seasons of television. And it adds, uh, particularly at a time when HBO has, you know, lost some bigger shows, this, their greatest ratings since season two of uh, Westworld, Westworld coming back in a little bit on uh, March 15th. Um, But that's not going to run forever. And that's where I think like limiting the time frame that, all right, we got to know before the Emmys. So whatever category we submit it, I mean, there's a path forward if they submit it for a limited series. Let's say they get nominated, they win, they, they don't win. OK, in October, nothing is to stop them from, uh, hey, we talked to Damon and you know what? Turns out he just needed a little bit more time and he's got this crackerjack idea for season two and we cannot wait for it in 2021. Um, no, nothing's to stop them on that. And, you know, if we're going to hope for more, we're going to hope for more in any capacity. Um, and, and then by degrees, yeah, would it be great that they just do this one season and it becomes an all time, uh, thing. Sure. But, you know, I, I think, I think there's more, um, there's more stories to be told. There are characters to continue to explore. There are new characters and new places to go within the Watchmen universe. Pete, I know that post big little lies, the way the Emmy rules have been tightened. And let me pause and say, I think the Emmys, in general, in general, the Emmys as an organization have done a really good job about being um, as proactive and open-minded as possible when it comes to different kinds of categories. Maybe they weren't initially on the bleeding edge of limited series as this evolving thing. Uh, for example, the first season of American Horror Story, which, surprise, surprise, at the end of the season was a limited series it's now meant to be an anthology and whatnot it actually took an argument at some sort of executive board of the emmys and in a very narrow vote like a one or two vote majority they said okay we'll let you be this limited series mini series thing as opposed to a normal series that just goes on and on if that doesn't date things terribly as to a time where you had to explain what a what a limited series was to the emmys but in general they're very good about saying Things have changed. Here's how we're going to update the rules. Right. Post Big Little Lies, they said, because, you know, kind of was a little egg on the face. Oh, it's the limited series, and now it's not limited because we 
because it was decided by a hit. So, uh, it was a hit. Side note, HBO was not prepared for it to continue, and they had to renegotiate. Not renegotiate. They needed new contracts with everyone, and it's this super expensive outing as a result. But what you can do Emmy-wise is you can submit as a limited series, uh, and then if you decide to go to a you know a drama series, which is to say continuing, you're allowed to do that, but you can't go back. So there is that that wiggle room there. If the if what's driving this is Emmy consideration, um, so and you know, th- because HBO needs Emmys at this point, right? They are routinely the network with the most nominations, and they're really, really struggling for dollars at this point. Well, uh, uh, I just think it's silly that the prestige. Let's also remember too that Watchmen was completely snubbed by the Golden Globes. And that's an indicator. It's not the indicator, okay? Because remember, we're only talking about the Hollywood foreign press here. But I I think that's one thing to keep an eye on. The other two is let's not let the the tail wag the dog. Let's let the programming dictate award reception as opposed to award reception dictate a programming decision going forward. Here's the only possible exception to that, Pete. Uh, when H- I mean, HBO is, uh, has obviously been part of a larger corporate structure for forever, but HBO by itself has been just fine for HBO. But post-AT&T purchase, creation of Warner Media Entertainment as the label, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, HBO is actually now a smaller portion of that larger empire, which is now meant to be synergistic so there is the possibility that emmy gold counts even more for hbo now than ever i would even go so far as to say pete and i would happily be wrong because hbo clearly has had for 20 years plus since sopranos since oz it has been the 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 platinum standard the triple platinum standard for great television obviously with other uh outlets in the running more recently fx netflix uh, Prime, Hulu, etc. But HBO's been there all along. I would argue, Pete, that maybe Watchmen is the last original series from HBO from its great era before they're going to sit down and do, uh, you know, well, here's what the logistics say. Here's when people on demand stop watching. Hey, we need to have something. You need to make sure that you have something to goose people at six and a half minutes in, not seven minutes. Here's what... Right. We're going to drive it all by data. P.S. by original, that's, I, I mean to say, when you have ongoing seasons of Watchmen, when you have ongoing seasons of Young Pope slash New Pope, those are obviously new seasons, but the original idea is before, in my concern, HBO was taken over by a bunch of, you know, Wall Street Raiders that are just like, dude, make the app download more, as opposed to, hey, the, you want to just do nine episodes, which is a reflection on comic book culture, race, uh, and the basics of American life, go do that, and then we'll talk after the nine episodes. If you want to do more, if you don't, it's okay. Well, I mean, you want to talk data, ask the uh, Netflix investors how data is working out these days as they're continuing to face poor prospects, canceled subscriptions, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, good thing they have uh, the Stranger Things, Matt, and the Jane Bonda show 
both of which have broken the Netflix, uh, you know, curse of only going three seasons. But, you know, I, I get what you're saying and I'll add to it this as well. Remember that HBO and Cinemax are under the same corporate umbrella. And now we have this, uh, you know, Max streamer coming. What, what's it called again? HBO Max. Uh, there you go. It's called HBO Max because that's not confusing at all. Um, and, you know, obviously developing content to launch that. And again, everything that you said about the importance of the show, the relevance of this show. Um, and it'd be one thing if Lindelof was there with, with an idea really, really firing him up. He, he got to do his, his dream job in that this has always been a graphic novel. That's been the most important to him. He got to continue it, remix it, whatever we're going to call it as we have throughout the podcast. And maybe he really does, he has nothing to say. He's he's opened up that blessing. Uh, so, Matt, I am now formally Peter J. Kedelar, uh as somebody who, though I'm unproduced, I do have the credentials of having a dramatic pilot on the blacklist with an eight out of 10 rating, something only five percent of uh, screenplays ever receive there. Uh, I formally throw my hat in the ring. Damon uh, you executive produce, I'll be your showrunner. I'll be your writer. And, uh, I have a season two pitch. I'm not going to give you the particulars of my pitch. I'm ready to take a meeting, but, uh, yeah, let's do this. Well, uh, Pete, the notion that you are imagining not only a season two, but, uh, but one that is nonetheless overseen by David, Damon Lindelof. I think that, that warms, hearts across the board i mean pete can you imagine a season of watchmen not done without the blessing uh nay the involvement of its creator damon lindelof wait were there any other watchmen creators who weren't involved in this last season of tv oh fooey we don't need to worry about that right well listen i i want the backing i want the blessing um but i'd be lying if i did not envision uh, think about maybe even have written down someplace some further adventures for Sister Manhattan, for uh, Mirror Guy, for Red Scare, for Pirate Jenny. We barely knew ye. Um, and even some new places. I love that Lindelof broke hold of the idea that everything only ever occurs in New York City. And while we visited there, it was so brief, impactful, but didn't need to do that. I think there are stories even to, to tell outside of Tulsa. I think the stories go elsewhere. I, I think they go east. It is astonishing to think truly uh, if we rewind the clock, for example, to Star Trek 09 and the five main producers involved there, of which I will highlight three. Uh, you have J.J. Abrams, who, I don't know if you've heard Pete, he's been involved with a lot of different uh, sequel series and whatnot and kind of revisiting the old, making doing the okay. old new. Doing he's, okay. He's doing all right. You know, he's carved down a nice little career there. Um, you have Alex Kurtzman, uh, now firmly ensconced in, you know, a, a, as the grand pooba of Star Trek on TV. I would personally project 
that he will be the uh, the head honcho of all Star Trek. That once the Paramount uh, Viacom uh, CBS merger is all done, you know they're going to a film and TV universe reunited. Absolutely. Um, he also late of the uh, Universal Dark Universe, which is you know what this one movie. I don't know, Tom Cruise something something, but it's going to be great because it's going to launch The Mummy and The Wolfman and the this and that, the other, uh, and that, you know. So it is to say, just to check in here, J.J. Abrams, who's worked in continuing universes, whether it's Mission Impossible or Star Trek, um, uh, Kurtzman, who Really has, rebooting universes when you think about it. I mean, well, he's, he's reawakened first yes, but, Mission but Impossible taking a property that is built to now go, go, go for multiple mm-hmm. installments. Uh, same thing now twice with Kurtzman. Dark Universe didn't work out. Star Trek has. Then you have Damon Lindelof uh, from that Star Trek producing bunch who, you know, for this project says, I really just want to do these nine episodes. I mean, my goodness, Pete, he could have done, um, he could have done 13 and then you could have gotten the extra month of billing, you know, like, and listen, the guy, you know, he's a, he's a role model for me. We were born in the same city in Teaneck, New Jersey. He's a guy, you know, I, I am so envious of the opportunities that he has. He can do whatever he wants now in terms of TV. And, and I don't see myself as a, as a film writer. I see myself as a TV writer. I want to be, you know, knee deep in that creative collaborative process. And I, I think the best ideas emerge from that. And he's going to go do for all we know, he's he's got some other idea chewing him up and, and he wants to uh, really explore that. that that's outside of Watchmen. You know, if you haven't watched Leftovers and I've been trying and trying to get Matt to do it, you know, check out Leftovers while we're waiting for whatever he does next. OK, but. Yeah, I mean, whether Bob Orkey, who's, you know, yelling at people on Reddit or was and, uh, you know, now broken from his screenwriting partner of Alex Kurtzman. Let's remember that, you know, Transformers and, you know, the other things that that they got going. Um, But, yeah, I mean, these guys go on to different things. And that's where I think the anthological approach to Watchmen could really work. Um, you know, whether it's a Fargo, whether it is an American horror story, an American crime story. I mean, we are in the, the platinum age of TV and we're really just scratching the surface of the golden age of prestige TV. And, um, I think that this is a show, this is a property that continues to have more to say about our world. I mean, Matt, if only President Redford were to face impeachment. I think that, again, it's this weird uh, duality of this season that they put so much into it to have so much commentary to really be the best nine issues, the best nine episodes that it could be, that they wanted to make a mark equal perhaps not equal, but aiming to be equal to the graphic novel and kind of, you know, sequel, franchise, Burger King, Happy Meal, uh, possibilities be damned. Uh, You know, oh, if only we had put, you know, uh, our merchandising opportunities out there ahead of time, then we wouldn't be like the Mandalorian and losing out on money. None of that apparently was a concern other than 
the sanctity of these nine episodes. And I feel like that's going to only add to the legend of the show that they weren't in it for the back end. They weren't in it for the DVD sales. They weren't in it for, you know, reruns. And obviously some of these things uh, antiquated when we're talking about an HBO program. But it wasn't about the long term. It really was about these nine scripts, this year of filming, this season of television, and making it as stalwart, as important as it could possibly be. And I have to imagine, Pete, it now is the presumptive heir to win all the limited series Emmys that it possibly can because now people know for sure, Z, that this is it. It's not going to pull big little eyes. It's not going to say, oh, surprise, this actually will drive uh, comic book nerds to subscribe to HBO Max. It just was what it was, and now it's truly gone. Well, I mean... You, you talk about some opposition there. The idea of comic book graphic novels, you know, you're, you're still fighting a little bit of a bias in Hollywood, particularly amongst voters. Uh, superhero properties are still seen, you know, as successful as they are, as much business as they drive. They are looked at a little bit at arm's length. Well, this is a comic book movie. And we say that with Joker nominated for Best Picture. Uh, nominated for 11 Academy Awards. So there continues to remain a little, you know, snobbery when it comes to that. Um, yeah, what you're saying is true, that voters will, all right, this this is in a special category. It's had all this buzz, yada, yada, yada. Um, I just feel like if the art is done well, all that other stuff falls into place. And again, maybe there's there's no idea that they feel is worth continuing this. But you mean to tell me there isn't somebody out there, Matt, in a in a Hollywood in which Noah Hawley's gonna completely get a Star Trek movie made and direct it, right? Uh, I don't think <laughs> Look, I think if you were a development person at Paramount who has the Star Trek film rights, somebody with credentials comes to you, a Noah Hawley, a Quentin Tarantino, comes to you and says, hey, I have an idea. Will you give me development money for it? And you go, oh, to like develop a script? Um, here's $150,000. That is nothing. That is a pittance for development. You go, okay, come back in six months. You know what, bro? You need nine months. You come back in six to nine months. That's fine. That's $150,000 well spent, even if it's down the toilet. Do I think any of it's going to get made? Probably not. I think that, you know, I, yeah, I, 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 I think that TV is where it's at. And we're going to see that when Star Trek Picard launches tomorrow. And I don't know, to have these prestige shows like Watchmen, even if you're one and out for a season, I think that's where, that's where the money's to be made. I mean, my goodness, Pete, if people only subscribe to HBO for just the uh, nine episodes, which is to say eight weeks uh, of Watchmen, um, assuming you, you know, got your got your uh, subscription going uh, the day of episode uh, one hundred and one, you would have spent thirty dollars. I mean, would you spend thirty dollars to go see Watchmen the movie by yourself? You know, like we are talking about a certain economy of scale here in terms of it costs thirty dollars minimum to see this season of Watchmen. It costs you know ten to fifteen dollars for the same person to go see. Uh, the latest comic book movie. So it's not a bad financial proposition. 
it's not and you're not getting a nine-hour comic book movie despite the fact that avengers endgame was three hours and two minutes long so yeah i mean we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed we're not going to completely bury this feed just yet but it would seem that unless somebody comes along and revives this an idea comes to damien lindelof or they put me in a writer's room and they allow me to continue this podcast we're going to be done for at least a little bit pete i hope to be the official Watchmen podcast host as you are show running season two. Done. Uh, Yeah, but as you say, Pete, this is not goodbye for the feed. I think this is put it on pause. You know, Mm -hmm. we'll certainly talk more uh, in the summer. We'll talk Watchmen more when uh, Emmy nominations come out. Ditto in September for whatever Emmy wins. And, I mean, Pete, this is the graphic novel that famously said nothing ever ends. And then all these years later, decades later, the story was added to by this season. So, you know, when it comes to this podcast feed, uh, it's not the end because nothing ever ends. There will be more Watchmen. I'm really, really confident in this. Hopefully I'll be a part of it, if not just on the podcast end. Pete, our entire season of reviews of thoughts of interaction for Watchmen has been brought by the people who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek and our season long thanks to those who have supported us there would be absolutely impossible to do this without the support of our patrons so everybody who goes to patreon.com slash fantastic geek all sorts of levels to choose from but it takes just a dollar to get you in that door to all sorts of exclusive content we just put a super special uh bonus for patrons only up there the other day uh gonna be more to come shortly definitely want to check it out can't contribute this month that's fine you can head over to apple Podcasts, completely free to leave us a rating takes seconds leave us a review takes a little bit more and we're usually running some kind of raffle on one of our 19 podcast feeds you can enter yourself into all sorts of giveaways there pete all sorts of rewards on the patreon website but how can people talk to you about geeky goodness on twitter you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 11,079 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash FantasticGeek with the P-H, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, I know on our pop culture podcast feed in the weeks and months ahead, we will be talking Star Trek Picard, more God Friended Me. We have uh, Marvel offerings to start to preview in the late spring. Marvel series hitting Disney Plus in the late summer, early fall. uh, fall. Marvel movies in the spring and the fall. All of that continuing on the pop culture podcast feed and on fantasticgeek.com. But for now... I will say adios to all our Watchmen listeners and give you, Pete, the final, or is it, word. Hey, HBO, President and Programming, Casey Bloys, call me. <laughs> <laughs>